Hello everyone from the city of Boston. Welcome to episode 5 of the Skeptical Junkyard. On this podcast, we'll talk about skepticism, religion, pseudoscience, politics, anything in the news, on social media, or just on my mind that I think needs to be discussed, dissected, mocked, and just plain scream, fuck you at. In this week's episode, we'll discuss school shootings, Stephen Hawking, racist closed captioning, anti-gun protest protests, and a storm on the horizon. So strap on in, let's get on with the show. To kill it, I spill it, leak documents from a flaming tongue. Rappers act so safely, but not long ago you were baking, cuz. And now they catch the aroma, wonder what the kid is baking up. Oh, bitch, bitch, bitch. So, there was a school shooting in Parkland, Florida. We could debate bump stocks, semi-automatic weapons, assault rifle-style weapons, mental health issues, access to mental health care, longer waiting periods, raising the age to buy guns, funding the ATF to allow them to enforce the laws we currently have, or even <laughs> Army teachers. But I'm going to discuss the gun nuts and the NRA's reaction to the shooting and the students speaking out. None of the gun nuts on my social media express anguish over the senseless loss of life or sympathy for friends and family of the victims. No. 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 Hell no. No, sir. Their immediate reaction was to run to social media and start desperately posting gun rights propaganda. Every time someone posted anything about the shooting, even if it was gun neutral, like, I feel so bad for these poor kids, the response wasn't, yeah, it was awful, or me too. Hell, it wasn't even, this is awful, but insert gun propaganda here. It was just people screaming, y'all ain't taking my guns, and sure, blame the guns. And let's be clear, this did happen. I saw it over and over again. Neutral posts that said nothing about guns, bombarded with this shit. And the one that stood out to me was literally the example I gave. Someone wrote, I feel bad for these poor kids, and it was bombarded with, You can have my gun when you pry it from my cold, dead fingers. Your proposal is acceptable. This type of garbage. The poster tried to clarify that they weren't making a political statement, they just felt bad for these kids. It didn't matter. She was a fascist that wanted to establish a police state coming for their guns. Look at your social media history. If you have posts since the shooting about gun rights or army teachers, how guns don't kill people, but not any about how awful it was that these kids are dead, you're a piece of shit. And I get it. You probably don't know you're a piece of shit. You probably thought, hey, I'm a good person. But now in retrospect, looking at your post, hope you realize, wow, I am a piece of shit. And take a hard look in the mirror. I know you won't, but hey, I've been wrong before and I'll be wrong again, so let's hope this is one of those times. But even worse than that was the reaction of the students speaking out. And I don't just mean being challenged. If you have legitimate challenges, then do so. But the hatred and the viciousness levied at these kids is disgusting. You got these kids putting themselves out there publicly, and these pieces of shit are going to their Twitter accounts with their fake names and in a desperate attempt to cover up the fact that they're gutless, spineless cowards and can't leave the house without a gun for fear of the world and attacking children, all the while high-fiving each other for their bravery. That's the courage and intellectual capacity of your average gun nut. For all that, here's my comments to these kids. The right thinks you're mindless pawns and capable of thinking for yourself. The only way to prove them wrong is to vote. If you're old enough to vote, vote. If you're not old enough to vote yet, but will be old enough to vote in this year's elections, register now before the right can pass voter suppression laws under the guise of stopping voter fraud that isn't happening. 
make an event of voting, carpool, rent a party bus, throw an I voted party where you can celebrate voting no matter who you voted for. Make voting something to celebrate. Whatever it takes to motivate you and your peer group to participate, you would know better than I would. Your generation has proven to be more tolerant of other cultures and lifestyles than any generation before you. Don't let the negativity on social media fool you. The only reason the generation before you can make it look like you're out of control is that everything we did didn't live forever on the internet. My generation is better than my parents' generation, but you're far better than my generation. Keep that momentum going to ensure the generation after you is even better than you are. These apes are just like you. And me, you and me, blacks and whites, uh, more like whites, of course. We whites are a lighter shade of ape, whereas you are black, dur, infection, we're all at risk. So what were we talking about again? Vaginas. Shut up. Yes, of course. Our first story tonight comes from the Raw story, March 23rd, 2018. A TV station's closed captioning slurs Austin bombing victim Draylon Mason as this monkey. What? Monkey. Monkey. The story is exactly as the headline reads. So I assume you know there were bombings in Austin, Texas. Five bombs, two people killed. Among the victims was a black kid named Draylon Mason. A Texas TV station was doing a report on the bombings and closed caption referred to Draylon as this monkey. From the article. Texas television stations cut ties with the vendor after closed captioning and used racist language to insult a black victim of the Austin bomber. Local ABC affiliate KVUE-TV reported Tuesday night on the death of 17-year-old Draylon Mason, who was identified in closed captioning as this monkey. A monkey? Wes? I mean, Jesus, you guys aren't even trying anymore, are you? The station blamed Vitac, an outside company that provides a live captioning to the TV newscast, and on Tuesday terminated its contract with the firm. You are terminated. The station said they're taking this very seriously. I'm super, super serial. They've issued an apology and they've demanded an explanation and an apology to the family from Vitag and they've cut ties with the company. Why you leave with us? Hey, what you want me to beg you? I get down on my knees, I beg you for all this thing. I think I can't these people watching. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Vitag apologized for the slur, which the company said was unintentional and the result of a computer error and pointed out the mistake was corrected immediately on air. It wasn't my fault! You miserable slug. You think you can talk your way out of this? You betrayed me. No, I didn't. Honest. I ran out of gas. I had a flat tire. I didn't have enough money for cab fare. There was an earthquake. A terrible flood. Locust. It wasn't my fault, I swear to God! As for Vitek, they said, and you're going to love this, the unfortunate error was neither intentional nor is it a regular or acceptable occurrence in the delivery of our services. The complex algorithms utilized from the technology perspective will, in rare instances, result in an error in delivering a keyword, name, or phrase either contextually or alphabetically. Cross-linked with redundant Melacort's Ramistat 14 kiloquad interface modules. The core element is based on an FTL nanoprocessor with 25 bilateral kilolactrons, with 20 of those being slaved into the primary Heisenfram terminal. The hell? <laughs> what the fuck? I'll accept that Vitek, as a company, didn't intend to call Draylon a monkey. 
But the fact that it was accidental is un-fucking-believable. We know what probably happened. Some racist in the company thought it'd be funny to sneak this monkey into the closed caption. And the company either did an investigation or they already knew who did it, so why not come out? This little monkey could be the fucking damn dirty ape responsible for the fall of the human race. In this world gone mad, we won't spank the monkey. The monkey will spank us. You wouldn't have to name the person. Just say you investigated, you learned an employee sabotaged the feed, and he's been dealt with. Why hasn't this happened? Could it be because it was someone high up? Let me just float another theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon, and something isn't right there. They did some closed captioning for another show where they wanted this monkey inserted anytime the term black man or something similar was used, and it was never cleared from the system. Well, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. <laughs> There's a reason why they're lying and saying it was a computer error when throwing the culprit under the bus would be a lot better for the company. Racist is as racist does. stories from no particular place, it's on a lot of sites and social media, well it seems some big brave, let's not call them pro-gun, that's like saying someone is pro-life and they're really anti-abortion, let's call them what they really are, anti-gun control advocates, showed up at various March for Our Lives rallies with guns. I'm hoping you're not just a pussy with a gun in your hand. Oh no sir, no, no I'm not, I'm a tough guy with a pussy in my hand. If you needed any more evidence that the real reason they can't leave their houses without a gun is that they are frightened little kids, then consider they were so terrified of teenagers that they feared counter-protesting without being armed. If you needed it to be even clearer, one of the counter-protesters said, quote, if they attack, I will attack back. But he's not afraid of anything. <laughs> I'm scared of everything. I'm scared of what I saw. I'm scared of what I did, of who I am. One numbnut showed up at a rally in Austin with noise-canceling headphones on. Ah, yes. The intellectually rigorous argument of putting your fingers in your ears and yelling, la, 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 I can't hear you, I can't hear you, la, la. Think of how tiny their dicks must feel when they need guns to counter-protest, but when they're being counter-protested against, the people aren't carrying guns. I know. I know, I know. It's a satellite photo taken after swimming in the Arctic. That's why your thingy looks so small. These are the same wimps that cry like babies claiming their free speech is being infringed when people make counter-protest or just challenge them on social media. And here they are, attempting to shut down speech using intimidation. And that's what they're really doing. Captain Headphones wasn't looking to be heard, he was looking to stop others from being heard. It takes a big man to carry a gun to confront unarmed teenagers. <laughs> You know what I really hate? What I really hate is a pussy with a gun in his hand. I was at a March for Our Lives rally and got some actual audio from one of these pussies. I had to coax him off from under a park bench he was hiding and sobbing under after he dove down when he saw me coming with a microphone screaming, Please don't hurt me! Please don't hurt me! I asked him why he was afraid to leave his house without a gun and this was his reply. I'm actually a complete coward. If I ever saw a gun, I don't. Oh, no. Please don't, 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 don't kill me. I'm nothing. I'm navel lint. I have to lie to women to get laid. And I 
that little dick. It's pathetic. Heartbreaking, isn't it? We are just an advanced breed of monkeys on the minor planet of a very average star. But we can understand the universe. That makes us something very special. This is from the Raw Story, March 19th, 2018. Mike Shoesmith, the executive editor of PNN News, which as far as I can tell is just a YouTube channel, was on Carl Gallup's radio show, a Trump-supporting conspiracy-touting preacher. There's a conspiracy out there. You know what I'm saying? There's a conspiracy. A C-O-N-spiracy. <laughs> and had a theory of why Stephen Hawking lived as long as he did with ALS. Let's take a listen. I believe, I believe I can fly. that Stephen Hawking, because nobody understands to this day how he was able to stay alive with a death sentence for over five decades. Yeah, he had Lou Gehrig's disease. I think I have an idea, there's an idea floating around in my head why that's possible, Carl. Carl! Well, let me guess, let's see, was it his level of care, advancements in treatment? The fact that there are four different types and normally people don't get diagnosed until after they're 60 and he was young at 22? I'm sure that's going to be the line he goes down. Because when you look at the life of Billy Graham, okay? <laughs> okay, what the hell? I didn't see that coming. His ministry took off from, from Wheaton, right? In, 19, uh, in the early 40s. You know, that's where he basically, he met his uh, mentor, uh, the president of Wheaton College, your president Raymond Edmonds. And they became friends, and uh, in 1942, Billy Graham started conducting these meetings, and in 1942, that's where it really kicked off for, for Billy Graham, but get this, in 1943, the Holy Spirit moved in on Wheaton campus. Many prayed on their knees, confessing their sins. I think you should be down on your fucking knees. Who's your favorite little rascal? Alfalfa? Or is it Spanky? Thinner. Classmates recalled prayer meetings that year in which Billy lay prostrate on the floor pleading and crying for revival. I have sinned against you, my Lord. I mean, this guy is 100% devoted. The Lord sees his heart, gives him a tremendous ministry. And who do you think is sitting in the, in the background going, I have to do something about this? I mean, this guy is sold out. I have to do something about it. Who do you think sitting in the background doing that? Um, um, Obama. Did I get it? Thanks, Obama. The devil, right? Say Mr. Fly, that much. So in 1942, uh, that's when Billy Graham's ministry really takes off. And who do you think was born in 1942? Stephen Hawking. Mm -hmm. Stephen Hawking comes from a long line of atheists, okay? His father and, and all these people. So I believe the devil said, okay, this guy was just born. And I'm going to use this guy. This guy is already primed to accept my message that there is no God. He's already primed for it. Well, that's just primed. He's, 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 he's going to be awash, immersed in atheism all his years as a child. I'm going to take over this guy's life. And Carl, listen, I believe... Hawking was kept alive by demonic forces. I got a hold of an audio clip of Stephen Hawking's very first words. Yo, I got demons running all through me, all through me. And I know that may be difficult for some people to imagine. <laughs> difficult.
difficult to imagine is 20 fucking 18 and we still have people that think there are demons running around possessing people. God damn. When do we get to move on from this shit? But I believe that it was the demonic realm that has kept this man alive as a, as, as a virtual vegetable his entire life just so he could spread this message that there is no God. Because I believe that uh, Stephen Hawking was kept alive and propped up as a vegetable for 50 years by demonic forces, I do not believe that everyone who has a physical ailment or disability is being propped up by demonic forces. Damn, what an asshole. He doesn't believe everyone that has a physical ailment is being propped up by demonic forces. Well, slap my ass and call me Sally. But you have to be saying that anyone that has ALS and has lived for a long time with it is being kept alive by demons. I know what they'll say is, well, it's for anyone that's lived 55 years, so they can shrink that group to one. <laughs> but more importantly, he's saying that he believes God has the power to heal, and no one has ever been healed from ALS. Isn't it weird God only heals diseases we have cures for and or go into remission? I can see! I have But what a judgment to make on at least tens of thousands of people. And if you believe what he's saying, then isn't that a case of Hawking being the most godly man ever to have ALS? Yeah. I believe that God can heal you and <clears throat> heal you and, uh, and completely restore you. Uh, I don't believe that you have to live the way you are, but I do believe that God can give us grace wherever we are, including to Stephen Hawking. All he had to do was just reach out to Almighty God and Jesus himself would have reached down and said, uh, demons, be cast into those yes. pigs. Yes. And they yes. would have been cast into the pigs. Hallelujah, right? Right. Oh, hallelujah! Ah, <laughs> uh, Christians. Can you imagine believing that demonic spirits are not only running around playing grab ass, but can be cast into pigs? Oh, say it again. Demons are good. People are crazy. And that's just a horrible story in the Bible anyway. Jesus cast a horde of demons into a herd of swine and then runs the pigs into the sea to die. He could have just cast the demons back to hell, maybe just killed them. Hell, he could have forgiven them and sent them to heaven, but instead he murders pigs. And that's a version they use to show Jesus being a good guy. <laughs> this entire story is what people that believe in the supernatural do. They anomaly hunt. He wanted to tie Billy Graham and Stephen Hawking together. Oh, kinky. Since they died the same year, so he looked into the year Hawking was born, found something Graham had done that year, and then made the proclamation of that thing being the catalyst of Graham's popularity. When you look up Graham's bio, it clearly cites that his popularity began in 1949 when he went on the Stuart Hamblin show. But whatever Graham had done in 1942, this guy would have claimed to be the catalyst for his popularity because he needed it to be in order to justify his assertion. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the core of all supernatural claims. Just watch the History Channel's Ancient Aliens one time and you'll see exactly what I mean. Finally, let's talk about Stormy Daniels. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know that Trump had an affair with a porn star 
after his wife had just given birth to his youngest son. It's a good idea, right? It's a good idea. Monogamy is sexual slavery. She got an exquisite pussy, well how about my exquisite erection, huh? I'm gonna put my dick in! Is it really an affair if she hits it and quits it? <laughs> I guarantee that's the part of the story that pisses Trump off the most. The idea that she wasn't really attracted to him. I bet there was a team of people whose job it was to keep Trump from tweeting during the Daniel 60 Minute interview. You know he was fighting to get the computer and tweet in all caps, STORMY IS A LIAR, SHE LOVED MY DICK! <laughs> and all you love is my dick. So here's a quick timeline of the affair. It started in July of 2006, and they still had some kind of relationship by 2011. In 2011, she did an interview with InTouch magazine about the affair, but InTouch chose not to print it, claiming that when they contacted Trump for a comment, Trump's lawyer, Michael Cohen, contacted them back and threatened to sue if they printed the story. In October 2016, The Smoking Gun prints an article about the affair. It doesn't get much traction, but 10 days later, Stormy signs a non-disclosure agreement not to talk about the affair and received $130,000. The NDA addresses the pseudonyms PP, Peggy Peterson, and DD, David Dennison. Stormy acknowledges that she's PP, but Trump denies that he is DD. What me? Hey, what me? January 2018, the NDA becomes public. Both Daniels and Trump deny the affair. Five days later, InTouch publishes transcripts of the Daniels interview from 2011. There is a storm coming like nothing you have ever seen, and not a one of you is prepared for it. On January 30th, Daniels goes on the Jimmy Kimmel show and neither confirms nor denies the affair, but does it coy and subtly enough that she gets her point across. Trump should ask her to teach him how to make a point without screaming and babbling like an idiot. On February 13th, after everyone in the Trump administration spends a couple of weeks calling her a liar and dispersing her character, Cohen admits to paying Daniels, but says it has nothing to do with Trump. I didn't do it. Nobody saw me do it. There's no way I can prove anything. On February 14th, Stormy's manager tells the Associated Press that she's going to tell her story. On February 27th, Michael Cohen gets a temporary restraining order to silence him. Silence! I will not tolerate your insolence! On March 6th, Stormy files a lawsuit asking the court to void the NDA because Trump never signed it. On March 7th, Trump's press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, when asked about the Stormy lawsuit, announces that there was a lawsuit in the matter and it was decided in the president's favor, which basically means she's admitting that D.D. is Donald Trump even though the White House and Cohen have been denying it. And Donald is pissed. Finally, on March 25th, Stormy does an interview with 60 Minutes. Let's play some clips from the interview with 60 Minutes, and we'll start right from the beginning. For sitting here talking to me today, you could be fined a million dollars. I mean, aren't you taking a big risk? I am. I guess I'm not 100% sure on why you're doing this. Because it was very important to me to be able to defend myself. Is part of talking wanting to set the record straight? 100%. Why does the record need to be set straight? Um, because people are just saying whatever they wanted to say about me. I was perfectly fine saying nothing at all. Now remember that. When the story first broke, she denied it. I guess that made Trump's peeps and supporters feel free to just attack her as they thought she couldn't fight back. Had everyone involved in the Trump campaign and Trump supporters just kept their mouths shut, she probably never comes up. So she meets Trump at a celebrity golf outing and he invited her back to his suite. How was the conversation? Um, 
it started off uh, all about him, just talking about himself. And he's like, uh, have you seen my new magazine? He was showing you his own picture on the cover of the right, magazine. Right. And so I was like, does this, does this normally work for you? And he looked very taken, taken back. Like, he didn't really understand what I was saying. Like, does this, you know, talking about yourself normally work? And I was like, someone should take that magazine and spank you with it. And I'll never forget the look on his face. And he was what, like, what was the look? Just, I don't think anyone's ever spoken to him like that. Especially, you know, a young woman who looked like me. And I said, you know, give me that. And I just remember going, you wouldn't. Hand it over. And uh, so he did. And I was like, turn around, drop him. You told Donald Trump to turn around and take off his pants? Yes. And did he? Yes. So he turned around and pulled his pants down a little. You know, he had underwear on and stuff. And, and I just gave him a couple swats. I managed to get exclusive audio of the actual spanking she gave to Trump. Now I have the image of Donald Trump being spanked by a porn star burned into my head. Thanks, Stormy. Thank you, Father, kids. Thanks, Dad. He's like, wow. You. You are special. You remind me of my daughter. Fuck me. He just had a porn star spank him that he'll later fuck, and he said she reminds him of his daughter? Man, that gives me the creeps. I'm going to play a clip from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah from before the election about how bad Trump wants to fuck his daughter because it's really goddamn funny. Don't forget, Donald Trump wants to bang his daughter. <laughs> now I know what you're thinking. Hold on, Trevor. Donald Trump doesn't want to bang his daughter. But you don't have to take my word for it. Unlike most of the claims Trump makes, I can actually back this up. You know who's one of the great beauties of the world, according to everybody, and I helped create her? Who? Ivanka. My she daughter, is. Ivanka? Yeah. She's six feet tall. She's got the best body. No, she's hot. Now again, I know what you're thinking. Okay, Trevor, sure. Donald Trump complimented his daughter's body in a very disturbing way. But that doesn't mean he wants to have unnatural sexual intercourse with her. May I then present to you Exhibit B? A 2006 appearance on The View. The discussion here is about whether Ivanka, who is next to him, would ever pose for Playboy. I don't think Ivanka would do that inside the magazine, although she does have a very nice figure. I've said that if Ivanka were my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. You know? Stop it. <laughs> Wait, what? And by the way, this was not the only time that Trump publicly daydreamed about how much he'd enjoy sex with Ivanka, were it not for the tragic fact that she is his daughter. Just a couple of months ago, Rolling Stone quoted him as saying, she's really something. And what a beauty. What a beauty that one. If I weren't happily married and, you know, her father. Dot, dot, dot. I have never been so grateful for an ellipsis in my life. And just for the record, when you're ranking the reasons you wouldn't bang your own daughter, the fact that you're her father should be at the very top of that list. And by the way, by the way, we have nothing against Ivanka Trump. Frankly, we're sorry about dragging her into this mess because she seems like an intelligent, sane woman with socially acceptable sexual preferences. Take, for instance, this joint interview that Ivanka and Donald did on the Wendy Williams show in 2013. We want to know a little bit more about you guys, so we play this game here. It's called Phase 5. I'll ask the question. Ivanka, you answer first.
you answer also. Okay, Ivanka, what's the favorite thing you have in common with your father? Either real estate or golf. There, there you see. Her favorite thing in common with her dad is real estate or golf. Totally wholesome, normal answers that don't make me want to puke forever. <laughs> How did her father answer the question? Either real estate or golf. Donald, with your daughter? Well, I was going to say sex, but I can't relate that. So Trump keeps trying to fuck his daughter. I mean, the porn star that reminds him of his daughter. And he's dangling a job on The Apprentice in front of her. In May 2011, Daniels agreed to tell her story to a sister publication of In Touch magazine for $15,000. Two former employees of the magazine told us the story never ran because after the magazine called Mr. Trump seeking comment, his attorney, Michael Cohen, threatened to sue. Daniels says she was never paid and says a few weeks later, she was threatened by a man who approached her in Las Vegas. I was in a parking lot going to a fitness class with my infant daughter. I was taking, you know, the seats facing backwards in the back seat, diaper bag, you know, getting all the stuff out. And a guy walked up on me and said to me, leave Trump alone, forget the story. And then he leaned around and looked at my daughter and said, it's a beautiful little girl, it'd be a shame if something happened to her mom. And then he was gone. What an ass. And for anyone saying, well, that's just a claim, she can't prove it, I'll point out one, this isn't a court of law, and I don't need video shot on a movie quality camera before I believe someone. Two, this is his MO. He did the same thing with former FBI Director Comey. Hey, I hate to see you lose your job. It's very, very mob-like. Hey, nice house. You live there? Little girl's having a birthday, huh? Man should take care. See that nothing happens to you. And as we saw with the Comey thing, even if there were video, supporters would say, he's not threatening her, he's just stating a fact. I mean, wouldn't it be terrible if something happened to her family? And three, her credibility outweighs his. Remember, no one is trying to sue her for slander or libel. They're trying to sue her for violating the NDA. And knowing how Sue Happy Trump is, I find it hard to believe she'd make this shit up out of whole cloth. The fact is that the way Trump and his attorney are approaching this is an admission that she's not lying. And Trump can't go more than five minutes without lying, so I'll put my money down on Stormy being the more truthful. So Trump wins her Republican nomination, and people start offering her money for her story. And her lawyer calls her up and says that Trump is offering to pay her not to talk. I think some people watching this are going to doubt that you entered into this negotiation uh, because you fear for your safety. They're going to think that you saw an opportunity. I think the fact that I didn't even negotiate, I just quickly said yes to this very, you know, strict contract and what most people will agree with me, extremely low number, is all the proof I need. That's a great point. How much would the Clinton campaign, the DNC, or how about the Republicans' boogeyman George Soros have paid for that? How much could she have gotten Trump to pay if she had hesitated? The fact that she took 130000 from a billionaire to keep quiet about an affair that could have cost him the presidency demonstrates it wasn't about the money, and that she was afraid of the consequences of not signing. I'm going to make him an offer again with you. So let's break down the NDA. I'm providing a link to a couple episodes of a great legal podcast called Opening Arguments that breaks this down really well. I highly recommend you add opening arguments to your playlist. Confidentiality NDA isn't just stuff you want to keep quiet. In a court, the info has to be valuable to the person in a commercial context. 
The NDA prevents Norway from disclosing information, text messages, and images that would be harmful to DD, which means she has those things. You wouldn't include them if she didn't. So Cohen is acknowledging that there's tangible evidence that would cause DD harm. So basically, we're going to see Trump's dick at some point. Are you okay? Mm, I'm fine. Just uh, threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> this isn't funny, all right? A small dick's like a disability, man. Huh? Would you make fun of a guy in a wheelchair, huh? Would you? Trump either has to admit he's DD or he has no standing to prevent Stormy from talking. But if he admits he's DD, that means the 130000 that Cohen paid to Stormy is an undisclosed campaign contribution which is a crime. Remember, this was 11 days before the election, and the campaign contribution is defined as anything of value made by any person intended to influence the election for public office. This was clearly made to prevent the story from coming out and hurting Trump's campaign. There's no good outcome for Trump here. If he wants to go after Daniels for violating the NDA, he has to acknowledge he's DD, and then get investigated for an illegal campaign contribution. All right, I confess. Identity, yeah, and I'm glad. If he wants to avoid that, he has to let this drop and allow Stormy to talk about their affair and show whatever images she has. Bring it on, bitch. And he still may be investigated for campaign finance violations, as it's clear he is DD. The best part of the story is the Trumpets' reaction to it. They're claiming it didn't happen, but if it did happen, it was all about having sex. And remember, we didn't remove Clinton for having sex. For the second part, don't let anyone get away with that. In Trump's case, it's about campaign finance violations. The sex was just a catalyst for Trump to commit the crime he's being investigated for, unlike Bill Clinton, where having sex was what was being investigated. And for the first part, the mental hoops that the Trumpets have to jump through to pretend this isn't true is amazing. They have to pretend that Trump made a random porn star sign an NDA to prevent her from talking about an affair they didn't have and not to release images that she doesn't have, proving the affair that they didn't have, and if she talks about the affair they didn't have, or releases the images proving the affair they didn't have, he'll sue her for $1 million. Not for libel or slander, but for violating the NDA by talking about the affair they didn't have. Truly, you have a dizzying intellect. I mean, that really makes him the deal maker, I guess. He's so good at making deals that either he makes every woman he comes in contact with sign an NDA and pays them $130,000 they won't talk about an affair that didn't happen, or... He somehow knew this one random woman would talk about an affair that didn't happen, so made just her sign an NDA, preventing her from talking about a fictional affair, and seeing that's exactly what happened just proves he is a stable genius. But none of that matters because Trump is in DD anyway. <laughs> Say what? Sounds legit. Well, that's the show. Thanks, everyone, for giving me a bit of your time. If you enjoyed the show, you can help support it, just like my very first patron, Wintermute, whose dazzling beauty made Aphrodite schedule an appointment with a plastic surgeon, and whose intellect is so advanced he solved Fearmall's last theorem using a crayon on a Denny's placement. If you think you have what it takes to match beauty and wits with Wintermute, you can give it a shot by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash the Skeptical Junkyard Podcast. We will get an earlier extended version of the show, along with some extras depending on your level of donation. And, as a thank you, I'll compliment you on the show in any way you want. And 10% of your donation will go to modestneeds.org. Or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the PayPal icon on the right side of our homepage at theskepticaljunkyardpodcast.com. 
If you can't afford to donate, then please leave a five-star review on iTunes, SoundCloud, or whatever platform you're using to listen to podcasts. If you have any feedback or criticism, please send them to the Skeptical Junkyard Podcast at gmail.com or our Facebook page, or you can tweet us at SJY Bulldog. Or you can leave me a voicemail. The voicemail number has changed. The new number is 708-586-5927. I'll take any input seriously as I want to provide you with the best content possible, and any interesting or funny emails or voicemails will be used in the show. All of these will be linked to our homepage along with links to the stories from this episode. Until next week, this is the Junkyard Bulldog saying, And my piece is short, fat, ugly, the pace of <laughs>